What's up, friends? Before we hop into this awesome show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Solace Meds who have four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from us on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. And they've got some smoking hot deals in this month of August to get you by. Here's what they're offering. They're offering Dixie Elixirs, two for $30, Spectra, 20% off, Ripple, 25% off, Silver Shelf Flower, 15% off, and Connoisseur Shelf Concentrates, 15% off. And on top of that, If you use our magical code DNVR20, you'll get 20% plus those other deals. You can't beat that over at Solace Meds. And if you go into the Wheat Ridge store and use the code DNVR20, you'll also get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you use that code. And of course, visit them online at solacemeds.com and use the code DNVR20 to get 20% off there as well. That's S-O-L-C-E-Meds.com. All right, Ryan, let's hop into the show. We are DNVR, and we are live from Studio B. The B stands for Bounce Back. Big time bounce back, Ryan. Much needed bounce back. I'm so pumped to talk about it. Much needed bounce back. We have one of very few people in the world to have witnessed every single play of today's scrimmage for the Denver Broncos. Zach Stevens here. Um, I unfortunately wasn't able to be there because we were only allowed one media member per outlet as far as I know. Um, And uh, so we're going to get to all of that. But first, we want to talk about our friends over at MSU Denver, msudenver.edu slash online, where you can scope out all they have to offer. And they have a lot to offer. 750 total classes, 45 plus online and hybrid programs. It is the perfect place to go if you want to get an education and keep working a full-time job because MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Ryan, what is up, man? I'm so pumped to be doing a Sunday Broncos podcast with you for the first time in a long time. One of many coming your way. And man, this air quality tried to take out the Denver Broncos practice today. Instead, they had to move it inside. And it's trying to take you out. What's up with this? Yeah, trying to take out my voice. (laughs) Um, As I was just telling you before, uh, before the show, you know, I think it's my like privileged grew up in Boulder (laughs) lungs that can't handle this type of air quality. It's uh, the worst in the world. Worst, yesterday it was we've fallen out of first place uh, a little bit uh, of a tough break a good silver medalists good. right now bad second uh, second in the world let's fall off the podium yeah let, <laughs> let's get dq'd from the race <laughs> and speaking of races ryan drew Locke. he was kind of falling off the podium a little bit not the podium uh there's the impossible to fall yeah. off the podium in this race. Uh, it seemed like Teddy Bridgewater had put together five straight wins going into today, and they weren't monster wins. That's why the race was still very close. They were small, small wins pretty much every single day, but Drew Locke had to change something, and boy, did he do that today, and he wasted no time. We got to get into the play of training camp. Before you do that, Kale, you want to pull up this highlight for us? The Broncos just tweeted it out. Yes, it is a beauty. So let me set the stage. Broncos, Drew Drew gets the first snap of scrimmage, starts from the 25-yard line, just like a normal game after a weird kickoff, uh, which I'll explain in a little bit. Three-yard run to Melvin Gordon to start things off. So you're looking at second and seven from the 27-yard line. Drew drops back, and this is something the video doesn't show. Drew drops back, and he's sitting there. He's bouncing in the pocket. He looks comfortable. He does not look like, okay, and and here we go. So sitting, sitting, comfortable, and then boom. 
And when he's sitting there, I'm going, okay, a check down's coming because he's just been sitting in the pocket for so long, bouncing, looking, looking exactly how you should in the pocket. We're just bouncing. And then this happens. He uncorks it 63 yards in the air. In the air, this ball goes 63 yards, probably actually closer to 70 because he was behind the line of scrimmage, of course. And kind of like you pointed out, Ryan, he doesn't take a step up in the pocket. He doesn't run up to do it. In fact, it's almost like he kind of throws it a little bit off his back foot and launches this ball. And not only does he put it 70 yards in the air, it is perfectly placed right over Cortland Sutton's shoulder. The ball lands at the 10 yard line. When I saw it in, in, in real life and also watching this video, I called it a 73 yard touchdown because I think Cortland would have got in the end zone. They blew it dead at the 10. So what, you know, if we're if we're not being generous like the Broncos weren't classic we'll it a, Vic yeah. leaning defense sixty three yard bomb over the first team defense Ryan yes. that was that was Kyle Fuller that he beat there yeah um, play of camp without a doubt yeah uh, just an incredible throw by Drew um, and like I said you know obviously he he ripped it but if as far as sixty three yards in the air goes. Pretty effortless, mm-hmm. um, and we've talked about this a lot. It's just the one of the, one thing that Teddy can't do. Um, now he can probably make that throw, um, stepping up, stepping, stepping up. up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Getting stepping into it, um, but to be able to just, it, I kind of see that as Drew. As soon as Cortland had a step, just ripped it. Yep, um, and put it perfectly on the money. It's something that's been missing from the Broncos' offense for many years now. It's something that we dreamed of when the Broncos drafted Drew Locke. You know, okay, this is a guy who has an absolute cannon. It's nice to see it out there. It's nice to see it shining. And it's nice to see some excitement, uh, something that I was uh, very upset the other day that there wasn't any. Um, It seems like today would have been a nice one to have fans at because (laughs) um, just reading the tweets and talking to you, it seems like there were several exciting plays out there today. There were, there were. And Ryan Drew followed this up. Because they blew the play dead, he had an opportunity to throw another touchdown, and that's just what he did. The Broncos ran the ball on first down from the 10-yard line, and then he threw a, sl- a Texas route to Melvin Gordon. Anyone in Madden's very familiar with yes. the Texas route. Melvin very close to scoring, but again, Vic saying no dice. So balls at the one-yard line, and Drew runs a play action, and Eric Salbert wide open. So Drew does get his touchdown pass on the drive. Not to be confused with Broncos uh, PR guy, Eric Schubert. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Not to be confused. Very different sizes uh, of of people. Uh, And so Drew goes a perfect three for three on the drive, caps it off with the touchdown, just marches down the field against the Broncos' number one defense to kick things off. Huge. I mean, just huge. It felt as though, and it's funny because we talked about this on Monday. It's like, hey, this is an opportunity for Drew to extend a lead. I think he had like a five-point lead on our scoreboard going into Monday's practice. Well, then Teddy wins every practice of the week. Yep. Um, and it felt the same way today. Oh, God. If Teddy goes out there and balls out yep. today and Drew really struggles, again, there are two preseason games that are, I think are going to end up deciding this thing. But Drew would be in a very uncomfortable position, and it would feel like he's fighting an uphill battle. Now he gets a, a, a comfortable win today, yes. would you call it? Yeah. Um, he wins today without a doubt. And now maybe he can rattle off a few and basically even this thing out going into uh, Saturday's uh, first preseason game. There's no question that this week is the biggest week in yep. this quarterback battle. And Ryan, it really started, started today. It's, yeah, it sorry. started today. No, you're you're exactly right. Today is huge. Tuesday, they practice, not huge. Yep. Wednesday, they practice, huge. Thursday, they practice, it's huge. And then the first preseason game is huge. Ryan, they they honestly should call this one week from now. I don't think they're going to. I think they're going to take it a second preseason game, let the other guy get the start in the second preseason game. But we're going to know all we need to know in one week from now. And Teddy had a lead coming into today. Like you said, Drew's getting that gap closer. And I think our quarterback scoreboard is going to reflect perfectly where this thing is at after today. Uh, And then either of them are going to have a chance to really take this and run with it. Drew in the first or in the four big things this week, he won the first one. Thanks in large part to his hot start. And Ryan, he continued that hot start. So what they did was a running clock, but four quarters. 
And so Drew, fantastic in the first half. Didn't get as many opportunities as Teddy. If you want to read into that, you can. No seven-on-sevens, just full, real football. So Teddy then gets the same opportunity. First and 10 from the 25. Let's see what you can do. And uh, there wasn't much. The running game went for two yards. Then a short pass uh, to Adam Prentice, the fullback. Pretty much the only Colorado guy now uh, on the Broncos roster is... um, Prentice? Oh, yeah, Warren Jackson. It's Warren Jackson and Tedrick Thompson. Uh, is it? I guess I'm happy for Justin that he got to see uh, Warren Jackson's last practice with the Broncos. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it uh, literally seven minutes after our podcast ended, and, you know, we spent 30 seconds on Warren Jackson during the pod. Yeah. He was cut. Yeah, so the first time he's brought up on this pod, he's cut. Sadly, I mean, I, was, I had high hopes for Warren Jackson. I did, too. And the practice I was at, he... Didn't do one thing. He didn't do one thing, any of the practices. Yeah. So, it, it unfortunately, it wasn't a shock to see that. Uh, so, he hits Adam Prentice for a two-yard gain, one-yard gain. And then third and five, uh, Sertan is just all over Trinity Benson. Uh, Teddy tries to put up a back shoulder throw, and it just couldn't happen. Too tough of a, of a catch. Uh, it Probably wasn't the right read, just because you have Patrick Sertan smothering him in coverage. I wasn't able to see the entire field, but... Three and out right there. Teddy, they give him another shot. They say, okay, what can you do from the 25 again? Now, Teddy's going twos. He's with the twos, going against the twos. Equal playing field, right? Yep. Uh, And Drew was with the ones, going up against the ones. Equal playing field. And Teddy picks up a little momentum. He hits uh, Seth Williams for 12 yards, first down. Then he hits Albert O for 15 yards. Not the best throw. Fantastic catch from Alberto, able to haul the ball in with one hand. Then you have a run. You have a short check down to Mike Boone. Uh, and then a incomplete pass on third and seven. Just a bad throw uh, to number 88. So picks up for two first downs. Nowhere close to actually getting in the end zone like Drew was. And then I'm not going to go through every play of this scrimmage. There were 71 of them today. I believe wow. Teddy got 45 of them. So he got more than Drew significantly. Uh, and Teddy... Working with the ones, starting at the 50, going up against the ones. He picks up uh, a, f- a couple of first downs, uh, and then on third and nine is sacked by Shelby Harris. And Ryan, that was another story for today. Really three big storylines. Drew's <clears throat> hot start uh, and his bomb, really, to start. We'll touch on another touchdown that he had in the first half. Teddy responds well in the second half, which we'll get into. And then uh, the defensive line, absolutely just dominating. In the red zone, the offense had barely any success in the red zone besides one Teddy touchdown in the second half, which we'll talk about as well. But also, you saw Drew in that video when he had the bomb. He had all the time in the world. Sure did. Didn't happen much. I mean, that that was one of the few plays where he had all that time. This defensive line from Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, absolutely dominated Graham Glasgow on one play at right guard. Draymond Jones bowls him over. Graham grabs him holding flag thrown because there's refs there. And then Draymond also gets the sack on Drew Locke. Wow. Yeah. I so mean, did he like fall just, into Drew? Yeah. Yeah. J- just kind of dangerous. Good thing he didn't actually touch him. Yeah. Though. But that's what would have happened in a game. You have Malik Reed coming off the edge for sacks as well on both quarterbacks. Uh, just pressure, pressure, pressure. So you do kind of wonder if it's the defensive line. I think the defensive line is going to be really good. If there's questions with the offensive line, I don't know if this is coincidence or not. But a couple series after Graham Glasgow got bull rushed, um, you had Natani Muti in there with the ones, Ryan, getting some run during the second half of practice. I asked Vic Fangio about it. He didn't really want to comment on it, just saying, you know, we're getting Muti in there. But he did say that Graham Glasgow was not hurt. So very interesting, especially because yesterday Vic was asked, who are, who, who's someone that stood out to you uh, during this camp? The one guy he pointed to, Natani Muti. The beast. I mean, I get the money thing, but as I said to you on whatever podcast that was, Wednesday, Thursday? Sure. Um, <laughs> they all Friday? <laughs> I think it was Friday. Um, Friday's pod. Um, George Payton didn't sign that contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, while I'm sure he would hate to see money sitting on the sidelines like that, again, he's he's built, he's got six years here. Yeah. Graham Glasgow has what, One. He's Two. got, this is the last year of, of guaranteed money. Yeah. So if I'm George Payton, I'm pushing for Mooty. Mm-hmm. And then also you do have a, a good safety net there 
if yes, if uh, Cushenberry doesn't work, then Graham's your center, right? You I mean, because Minerts, he was working at guard today when he was getting reps with the second team. Redshirt. He's he's not ready. Just wait for the ankle injury or <laughs> strained hamstring. Should they just call it like a tummy ache? A, Tum- bel- yes. a belly ache yes. for him? Uh, an abdominal injury. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's going redshirt. Yeah, at, at, as he should. So then, Ryan, after that, Teddy gets uh, a – or Drew gets another opportunity. Twos, Still in the first half. Yes, twos against the twos, and he has his first three and out. Uh, in that period, so they punt. And by the way, the punts that they were doing just absolutely cracked me up. Everything's normal in the punt situation. Uh, the snap, you have it's not cold. But you have Sam Martin go for the punt. He just he you know intentionally misses the ball, and then you have a coach that's like running you know forty yards down, and then he just like drops the ball on the ground. I don't mm-hmm. know why they did that. You don't know why? No, it's because you can't punt in the field house. Is it? Yeah, it's not tall enough. But they were they were shooting uh, they were also shooting punts and kicks off through the machine. Well, they can uh, they can uh, control the trajectory on those. Uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, then that's why they were doing it. Uh, pretty funny to see though. Uh, and then next up, Drew is up and uh, or Teddy's up. Another three and out. Really slow start for Teddy Bridgewater there. And now Drew gets the same opportunity. He's going with the twos this time from his own 30-yard line. And he gets a play-action pass complete to 88 for six yards. A nice Mike Boone run. And by the way, these running backs were all rotating in and out. There was no question Melvin Gordon was the number one because anytime the first team was out there, he was getting the first rep. But you may have had as much Mike Boone as you had Javante Williams with the ones. That's truly how much they love Mike Boone. And Ryan, it, it makes me think of what you just said. George Payton did sign yes. Mike Boone. And, but he also drafted Javante. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which puts Melvin kind of a weird position. <laughs> yes, it does. And I think a lot of people think that is the future backfield. Javante as the one and Boone as the two. And everything I've seen, you should be very happy with Boone as the two, especially his second year. Yep. So my guy. Yes. Yeah. Your guy. Mike Boone. Yeah. Mike Boone, Ryan's guy. Uh, And then you had another run. And then Ryan from about the 15 yard line, you're looking at second and seven with Drew Locke. And he throws a great corner fade route to uh, Devontre's Dukes in the left end zone. Uh, And it was, it was placed perfectly. It was a great catch, and it was really one you like to see because it had some touch on it, and that that is something that Drew needs to work on. That's something that Teddy has that Drew doesn't. Drew's got the great arm, but not necessarily the touch. Teddy doesn't have the great arm, but he does have the touch, so I really liked seeing that as well. You like seeing Drew lead his team down the field again, Um, and I guess it it was from the starting at the opponent's 30-yard line, so a 30-yard drive, not a 70-yard drive, but ending in the end zone. And then, Ryan, there were two more drives to to finish out the first half. Uh, Drew Locke wasn't able to to move the ball very far, starting from his own 35-yard line, and Teddy wasn't able to make a two-minute drill happen at the end of the half. Was able to get the team in field goal position, but not kick a field goal. So in the first half, you had Drew Locke, 14 points on the board, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater with zero points. All right. Well, we'll get to the second half here in a second. Uh, but first, give a shout-out to Breckenridge Brewery. We had a sweet UFC party here last night. A bunch of people came down. And uh, Henry was just buying up the uh, buckets of good company seltzers. Just a great uh, little deal we have down here at the DNVR bar. You can get yourself a bucket of those. They're all good. A great thing to enjoy while you're in good company. Yes. Some of those good companies. Um, but no matter what you have from Breckenridge Brewery, they're all fantastic, amazing beers, damn good beers, if you will. Uh, so check out our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. Oh, I will. I, I definitely will. Good. Check check them out, and uh, I will take that. And, Ryan, if you want some money in order to buy, to be the big roller like Henry, yeah. well, you should check out our friends over at Chevalier Mortgage. Whether you need a new home, whether you are looking to refinance, they can do it all. And one of the great things that separates Mike and Virginia Chevalier is Mike is a certified financial planner, which allows him to look at your entire financial picture, which is something that mortgage companies just don't do. They care about one number, not with our friends, Mike and Virginia Chevalier. So make sure to check them out over at dnvrmortgage.com or give 
give Virginia a call directly at 303-257-6578, and they'll get you hooked up with everything you need to know, including a free consultation. And when you visit dnvrmortgage.com, you'll enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. So check them out. Michael and Virginia Chevalier over at DNVR Mortgage. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 191. 006 and Virginia Chevalier NMLS 1910631. All right, let's move on to the second half. What happened in the second half of the Broncos scrimmage? So just like a 14-0 lead, there's no question who won the first half, Ryan. Drew absolutely dominated and in fact was kind of on pace to maybe have one of the the biggest gaps in our quarterback scoreboard, but Teddy punches back. And neither of them were fantastic in, in the second half. You didn't have any big bombs hit uh, by, by Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. But I think it was the defense really stepping up. You did have some overthrows, some miscommunications. There was one on third down where Teddy really just miscommunicated uh, with his wide receiver, which left, uh, which almost turned into an interception. But Kyle Fuller just couldn't hang on from Teddy. Uh, but this defense really stepped up. And one guy we haven't talked a lot about who really stepped up was the best defensive player today was Ronald Darby. Ooh. He had himself a day especially in the second half. Ryan, three or four pass breakups where he's right there. Passes probably shouldn't have been thrown, but he's right there to bat them down anyways. At the very end of practice, you have uh, 40 seconds left on the clock at the 50-yard line. 58 seconds left on the clock. Offense is down seven, so you got to get a touchdown. You have 58 seconds. And uh, Teddy puts a ball up for Jerry Judy about 40 yards down the sideline in the end zone and Darby's just right there to break it up. It was a good pass. Jerry kind of had a step you could convince yourself, but Darby was right there, broke it up. And what do we know about Darby? He's not going to get the interceptions, which I don't think he has an interception this camp, but he's going to be in the top five in the league if he plays all 16, 17 games in pass breakups, and that was very clear today. Also had smothering coverage in the end zone. Quarterbacks, whether it was Drew or uh, Teddy weren't having any success. And even the deep ball that was completed was on Kyle Fuller. It wasn't Ronald Darby. Good for him. He's kind of become a forgotten man Mm -hmm. in all of this. Uh, We talk a lot about Patrick Sertan. We talk a lot about Kyle Fuller. We talk a lot about Bryce Callahan. Darby has been quiet, um, but it just shows you how capable this secondary group is. It's really funny you say that because that's exactly what Vic Fangio said after practice when asked about him. He said, he's like a referee. What? He's a referee? No, Brandon McManus is like the referee on this team. And he said, if you don't talk about it, it's a good, good thing. thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and and that's very true. And honestly, with Ronald Darby, because he's not going to get the interceptions, Ryan, if we're not saying his name, it's a really good thing because it means he's not getting beat deep. And that was kind of one of his weaknesses. Maybe his biggest weakness was he has a lot of, lot of pass breakups, no interceptions really, but he does get beat deep a decent amount, especially for a good starting cornerback. Haven't seen that again this camp. And you mentioned Pat Sertan when he didn't do much in the slot in terms of like actually making big time plays. He was he was quiet there with the first team. When he was working outside on the second team, he was looking like Ronald Darby today in terms of just a shutdown cornerback. The teams were not having success against him. He had a totally smothering coverage and Drew Locke tried to throw it to him in the end zone. The receiver couldn't even see the ball because he was just smothered by the six-foot-two cornerback. Clamped. Yes, he he was. And so in the second half, they really worked on some red zone stuff, and the defense was having none of it. <laughs> Started at the 12-yard line. Both guys got many shots from the 12. Then they went to the four-yard line. No dice. No dice in the running game. No dice in the passing game, except uh, Teddy. Defense letting them hear about it. Ooh, Shelby Harris. We almost saw Shelby Harris freak out now i'm not sure if it was directed at kj hamler but it looked like well zach azani was certainly holding kj hamler back i shouldn't say holding talking to him far away maybe they were talking about a wide receiver route maybe he was trying to keep him away but shelby harris was hot i mean he was hotter than bradley chubb and garrett bowles yesterday in in terms of just the way he was screaming wow not punching not pushing anyone But it was, it, I wasn't sure if Shelby was going to run over and just start killing someone because of how hot he was. And that wow. was during the goal line period. And then right after that, Shelby's in the huddle the next time he's in the huddle and he's saying, they don't get a yard on us, just screaming. And 
That's pretty much what happened. <laughs> the, the, there was no success except for Teddy Bridgewater. Did hit Seth Williams on a nice corner fade in the left end zone for his only touchdown of the day. The only touchdown in the second half from either quarterback. It was over Jamar Johnson, who is now officially off the COVID list and back. So, Zach, my question to you is, do you think the Broncos listened to uh, Friday's podcast? Mm. Because it seems like ever since I ranted about how little energy there was out there, there's been a lot of energy. Like, I love the fact that Shelby was hyping up his guys as if it was a real game. Yeah, yeah, me too. I I love it as well. And obviously, some uh, tempers flaring yesterday, tempers flaring today with Shelby. I love it. And I don't even have enough voice to go into this too deep. But um, Benjamin, I shouldn't say he said this. Someone said to me that he said this in my mentions. So that Benjamin Albright says the Broncos are purposefully practicing with low intensity this training camp. I think I, I don't see that. I don't know if it's true or not. If it's true, I, absolutely, <laughs> I, I think I hate it even more. Yes, I do too. And one of the things I think that he pointed to, I'm not positive, but I think I saw this, um, was in terms of like pads popping and and slowing up that ramp up. Today, I finally heard the pads pop. Love it. And and this is fifth or sixth day in pads, which shocks me. I thought we were going to hear that on Tuesday. But pads were popping today. It was like real football, except guys weren't going to the ground. And and this is really important, you know, because I think on that Friday podcast, I said, look, They've got a joint practices next week. Like if they go in there lollygagging around like they were today, they're gonna they're just gonna get stomped on. I love that. Since that, you've seen them turn up the intensity a little bit. They're popping pads. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe it all was part of the plan. I think that's a waste of practice time <laughs> if it was, but I love that they're getting more intense as they're coming up on a real game here. Yeah, I I do too. And Ryan, in the second half, we had a couple of very near interceptions. I talked about one of them. Drew Locke also had one where he put the ball. I can't remember who dropped it. Oh, it was, uh, I'll find the name. But he, he dropped it. So both should have had probably an interception in the second half. Both didn't. So both washes. Happy about that. We don't have to get into the nitty gritty on that. Uh, and you had Caden Stearns. That's who it was on Drew Locke. He Kane dropped Stern's one. just making another play. Yes, he dropped one. Probably would have been a pick six just because he he read the route. He he saw the route develop, and he jumped on it. This guy, Ryan, Kareem Jackson, we talked to him after practice, and he was asked about Caden Stearns. Were you able to watch uh, Steve Atwater's Hall of Fame induction last night? Yeah. Remember when they they, they talked about, uh, you know, when they drafted Steve, the safeties, the Broncos safeties knew, like, okay, which one of us is losing our job after this yes. year? Yes. Unfortunately, I think Kareem knows what, what's going to happen after this year because of just how good Caden Stearns has been. Now, it's probably not a surprise to Kareem. He may even want to go somewhere else mm-hmm. after having to take a pay cut this year. But the way Caden Stearns is playing is allowing the Broncos the ability to pay Justin Simmons a ton and then have a second-year guy in Caden Stearns play next to him. He has picked up this defense incredibly well. Vic Fangio can't say enough about you know his smarts and football IQ. He's fast. He's fast, and he's always around the ball. Yeah. And that's something this defense needs. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure uh, TJ Ward would say the same thing about Justin Simmons. Yep. As soon as he saw me, he was like, okay, matter of time. (laughs) Yep, exactly. (laughs) Darian Stewart and and TJ Ward probably said, when they drafted two safeties, are we both gone? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And eventually they were. were. But Darian did stay one more year, right? Yep, It was Darian and Justin for a year. Yep, so Darian won that one. Yep, yep. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I mean, you know, sometimes we get a little bit caught up in draft picks thinking they should all be good. Mm-hmm. It's a fifth round pick. Like if you hit on that, that's a big win. You get a starter out of that. That's a big win. Yep. It's a big time win. I'm curious to see what his role is this year. It's probably going to be pretty minimal and then look for him to have a pretty minimal role this year and then turn it into a monster role next year. If he finishes camp out, which Ryan, we're already halfway through camp right now. So all he has to do is continue to do what he's done. And then the Broncos, that's pretty much all they're going to see from him. And then they'll probably make that decision just based off this training camp. Yeah. The awkward thing for um, Stearns, I guess it's not awkward, but normally a third safety would have some of the role that I think Pat Sertan is just going to play this year. So 
he has less opportunity to get on the field. But like we mentioned, that whole secondary is going to look different next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has, he'll have a great opportunity. Yeah, a, a huge opportunity. And this secondary was just shut down. Uh, you, you said clamps earlier, and that's what they were in the second half. And that's why Drew and Teddy didn't have a lot of success. You did see Drew uh, ha- have a couple more overthrows and, and missed timings in the second half. And Teddy picked it up a little bit, but still wasn't, wasn't anything. You know, the game would have ended... Uh, 17 to, or, or 14 to 7. It's kind of how this practice felt, uh, especially with the very hot start from Drew. And then not much after that. And then Teddy finishing stronger, but not a, a super strong finish where he's putting up 24 points or anything and a half. All right. You've mentioned pretty much uh, all the good things that happened. Any players that stood out to you in a negative way? That's something to keep an eye on, especially in Minnesota, especially in these preseason games. How do they actually view Natani Muti? Is he someone that can actually take over a spot on that offensive line? Uh, and speaking of the offensive line, Bobby Massey had a vet day yesterday, which I think is pretty darn telling mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. how the Broncos view him. He was a you starting like, right tackle. You don't get vet days. <laughs> like, can you imagine if they gave Teddy Bridgewater a right. vet day in the middle <laughs> right. of a quarterback competition? Right. We'd be like, he's the guy then. Yeah. Right? Well, also, it just it's not a competition. You know, right. if someone's if someone's not going to be at practice just to get rest, yep. there's no real competition happening. You're exactly right. Um, so Bobby Massey got the start all day today. He's the right tackle. He's, yeah. he's going to be the right tackle. There's no reason for Vic to say it right now, so they're not going to. Uh, but Calvin Anderson, everything I've seen, he's pretty much locked up the uh, swing tackle spot behind him. I think everyone here is pulling for him, and, oh, yeah. and especially Vic. I mean, he loves him. Vic loves him. He he really does. Anytime he gets an opportunity to say his name, he does. He says, don't forget about him. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it make sense to you to start Muti? Now, here's my thought on it. And I'm going to touch wood on just before I even say it, but he's an injury prone guy. Yeah. So use him while he's healthy mm. because let's, you just don't know what, what's ever going to happen. He's healthy. He's playing well, start him. You hope that it just works out and he plays well and he stays there. And if not, you have Graham Glasgow to fall back on. Yeah. And that, that would really be saying, okay, Graham, we had one year with you, man. That would be quite a, uh, quite a contract for Graham if he's on the bench just in his second year for real. Um, but I'm very curious to see how that plays out. Uh, another one, uh, today, Ryan, a couple of groin injuries that we had Tim Patrick and McTelvin Ajim both out both, you know, potential big time roles on this team. Tim's supposed to be back fairly soon. McTelvin may miss all of Minnesota, so that's something to keep an eye on. And the defensive line, like I said, still dominated even without him. And in terms of play, you did see Jerry Judy have another drop today. And I'm not raising the alarm bells, but uh, that that's what happened. It was on a little slant route from Drew, and he just couldn't hold on. Now, Bryce Callahan, it was interesting. Bryce Callahan was in front of Jerry Judy, but he didn't go for the interception, but just the cornerback being in front of him may have thrown him off. He may have not been able to see it. So not a concern there, but something to keep your eye on. Today was maybe the first day outside of Wednesday when Cortland Sutton had his fantastic day where Cortland Sutton looked like the best receiver out there for the Broncos. Uh, And uh, I think that's good news because everything we've seen from Jerry Judy is that he's the truth. And so to see Cortland Sutton say, hey, I'm here. I'm still here. Don't forget about me. uh, I think is really encouraging to show that he can be a one as well. Broncos fans are in such a weird place right now that I saw some people uh, fighting over who's wide receiver one. Like like (laughs) the same, like Broncos fans are so used to fighting each other right now about who should be the quarterback. Right. They're like fighting over Judy versus Sutton. It's like, guys, they get to both be out there. Yeah, exactly. It's great great news. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. By the way, uh, Leanne Harrington just tweeted at me about what Albright was talking about. Mm. To be a little more clear, uh, she said that he said they're using the Seahawks protocol of ramping up in pads to acclimate guys and keep them healthy, which is kind of what you were talking about. Right. Um, which makes sense. I think that, I hope that's what the person, who, the other person was talking about because purposeful, low-intensity practice seems like a bad idea to me. Yeah, I would agree with that. I also don't think that just if you're ramping up pads that that means that your energy has to be low. Exactly, exactly. I think those two things are cousins, 
but they don't have to be the same thing. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I agree. And so just a, another negative one, Ryan, would have to be the uh, would have to be Kyle Fuller get, getting beat and just how easily the first team offense moved against the first team defense. Now, again, they put the clamps on for really the rest of practice for the most part. But that was a little shocking to see, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing, honestly, um, that they got him once. Because eventually, like, it just starts to wear on you if you just never move the ball in practice. Right, yeah. So it, it was good to see the offense win. Because we saw the offense win the first couple days of camp, and then the defense kind of dominated, and now the offense punches back. Awesome. Anything else? That Those are the big things. All right. I mean, it, 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 football was back, Ryan. Football was back. The air is terrible. Yes. Uh, I guess it's good they're going to Minnesota. Right. Get out of here. <laughs> and uh, there's a dome there, too. Yes. All right, uh, that's going to wrap up the live side of things. We're going to get to questions on the second half of the podcast. Uh, you can check that out anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed the breakdown and Zach pretty much giving us everything that happened in the whole scrimmage, uh, probably you can only get here. Uh, so uh, hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. You can subscribe to the channel to make sure you never miss, uh, miss these. But for today, that wraps up the live. Thank you guys for tuning in. All right, before we move on, I want to give a shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook. My personal favorite sports book, really the only sports book. And now they've got same game parlay. So just there's nothing anyone else can say about their uh, sports book that would make it better than DraftKings, which is absolutely the best. Uh, they were hooking up two 50% profit boosts last night for the UFC fights. They're always giving you, they gave everyone a free $10 same game parlay. I gave out a plus 550 winner uh, on that Ooh. same game parlay to, uh, to uh, use. So. So many great things going on down there. And right now you can bet $1 to win $100 of any American medals. Well, it's already happened. It's going to happen a bunch more times. So get in on DraftKings. Get in on that deal. Uh, and use the code DNVR when you sign up. You can also get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Of course, to get that, you must be 21 or older. Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match. Each up to $500. of deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough. And restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. You know what we call this time in the pod, Ryan? What's that? We call it code time. Because code we're time. here to save you money. I've got another code for you. DNVR25 over, over at Strava Craft Coffee. It'll get you 25% off. That's a quarter of your order off. Might as well get three bags, and you'll get a free one free. Ooh. Or buy three, get one free. You could look at it like that. Yep. DNVR25. You need this Strava Craft Coffee. It helps with aches, pains, migraines, headaches, anything that's going on. It can help relieve, including some people say the CBD infusement helps relieve the coffee jitters so you can drink as much coffee as you want without feeling jittery. And after you use that code DNVR25, they'll hook you up with 20% off for the rest of your life if you go over to Strava Craft Coffee and subscribe with them. So make sure to check them out over at Strava Craft Coffee. And on your first order, use DNVR25 as your code to get 25% off. Also, shout out to Hassle Cattle Company, uh, the best damn Wagyu beef that you can possibly buy. And what's great about this, Zach, is you've heard about the Wagyu burger at DNVR and how good it is. Well, coming very soon, as in like this week, potentially, Ooh. we're going to have Ooh. some new, I don't know what to call these other than like chef-inspired burger <laughs> options uh, here at the DNVR we're bar. fancy? Yeah, we're going to have, like you can still get your classic burger, but we're also going to have some options of some awesome toppings that you can put on there as mm. well. Um, so that's probably the best way to try out Hassle Cattle Company beef. But you can also get it ordered and delivered straight to your house, and you can get 10% off when you use the code DNVR10. You can also get buy three, get one free on their flank steaks when you use the code DNVR flank. And you can always get free shipping if you go over $200 on your order. Trust me, you're going to want at least $200 of this stuff. Yes, you're absolutely going to want to. And you're probably also going to want some onions, Ryan, which makes me think of jumping into the comment section and getting in. And our first one happens to be coming from Onion ah, Booty Bronco. Says, Dear Bronco Land, chill out, yo. By the time you read this, the Broncos will have only played one scrimmage, one scrimmage in nine practices. There is still so much more we need to learn about this team and these quarterbacks. My prediction for the scrimmage is this. The energy will be much improved, as will Drew Locke's play. He's a gamer. Teddy will have a nice outing, too. The real litmus tests are next week versus the Vikings. Let's ride. Love, Onion Booty. Will uh, Onion Booty, tell us who's going to win the quarterback job because yes. you nailed those he, two. He nailed it. I assume he would say Drew. Um, 
Is Drew a gamer? After he threw the seventy-yard touchdown, that's exactly what I said. I said maybe he's just maybe he's just a gamer. But he has a losing record. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend Drew to continue practicing the way he has and then play this way, because uh, I think they'll rely on the practices more than the games. Although I did ask Vic Fangio, you know, how much more he values the scrim or the the uh, preseason games, and he said they'll have more weight. So Ryan, in our quarterback scoreboard, they got to have more weight. They will have more weight. Did he say anything about the weight of the scrimmage? Uh, he did not. Okay. No, no. He said it was just going to be a scrimmage. So I think we do this one the same. Mm-hmm. Not sure. I remember um, last quarterback scoreboard, Vance Joseph was talking up this scrimmage like so much. He's like, the scrimmage is going to count for more than anything else yep. other than the games. It's going to be huge. And each guy got like one drive. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was <laughs> the most pointless scrimmage ever. I think we ended up being like, we're not. Right. We can't even give out a score today. Right. Yep. Yep. Each quarterback threw like two passes. I'm not, I was pumped for today's scrimmage, but I was tempering my expectations a lot. Ryan, they went out and did 71 plays. It yeah, blew me legit. out of the water. Yeah. That's legit. Um, yeah. That, I'll never forget that. Vance was talking it up all week. It's all about the <laughs> scrimmage. It's all about the scrimmage. And it was under an hour. Yes, it was. It was. It was uh, something else. Unbelievable. Onion Booty Bronco continues, and he says, random thought of the day. Pat Shermer? Man, I'd love to strap that guy to a rocket and send him into the surface of the sun. That's my preseason ticket to the sun nominee for you. Have a bleeping day, Patty. Damn, ticket to the sun player of the year. Wow. I guess Pat can be Bronco of the year. Could uh, You know how the Broncos... Uh, do the preseason stuff where they like interview media members and stuff and put together preseason awards. What if they did that one? Who's going to be the guy that gets fired Fired into the sun? Yeah. Well, (laughs) Pat would, uh, would definitely be, uh, on my short list. Um, quickly, I I didn't hear the comments yesterday. How, how did our people react to uh, Friday's podcast? They loved it. They loved the fire. Good. They did. Yes. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear it. Um, you know, sometimes you just got to vent a little. It was a yeah, venting session it, it, for me. It was good. And look, it worked. Got them fired back. up. Yes. I hope I hope they wrote down some of what I said and <laughs> pinned it in everyone's locker. Melbourne Bronco says, hi, guys. An old Aussie rule saying, you know you're in for a good year when there's a fight in preseason camp. A fight means you're invested in the group. Bring on the Vikings. If that was the case, then every team would have a good year. Year every year. Yep, especially considering Vic Fangio's been around the NFL for, what, 30, 40 years? And he says he's always had a fight. Every single training camp, there's a fight. I, do, I don't know if people understand, like, just the like what happens when a bunch of people smash into each other a bunch of times. Right. Like, it just tempers, flare, it's hot, it's, people are going to get mad. It's, it's nothing, it's not a big deal. But uh, I definitely got a lot of hate for saying that I liked it. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, we were very clear yesterday that we were fans of it. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to be, um, especially after what was such a dead practice the night the day before. Yeah. Now, I fear, based on the reactions, that Brad, uh, that Garrett Bowles was trying to trip Bradley Chubb. Right. And I don't like that at all. Right. Um, but just the fact that they were invested enough to have their tempers, you know, flare like that, um, I'm happy with. And you know, after the fact, no one got hurt. So it's easy to say, and we had that benefit of the doubt about talking about it after practice and saying everyone was fine. Right, exactly. And Vic did say that they were fine. (laughs) You know, he talked to them yesterday, uh, and they went went up against each other today, and no fights. We like seeing that. Someone else just pissed Shelby off. Next one from Count Locula and Ryan. Here you go. He says, we all go rogue Ryan from time to time, firing furious and frustrated formulations at our beloved football organization. It's natural, even necessary. Periodically, our peevish passions are pointed at pragmatic problems with which we prang, but often it's merely a punt or a punny positional preference that piques us. Wow, that was something. What is the single most in-game irritating decision you've witnessed over the last five seasons in Bronco world? Love love this. The count. Okay, so what do we have here? The first thing that came to my mind, uh, Vic Fangio forgetting how to call a timeout. (sighs) That's the first one that comes to my mind. It's obviously the most recent, so that's easy. There's got to be some good Vance Joseph ones. There has to be, yeah. Um, Looking up at the scoreboard. 
Confused. What, what fired me up so much about Vance Joseph was his inability to have a philosophy and stick to it. He was always doing the opposite of the thing he did last that screwed up, and then he screwed it up again. Right. So it's like, oh, well, last game I went for the 60-yard field goal at half, and we didn't make it and whatever, and then they got the ball and scored or something. And this game I'm not going to do it. And then they, like, punt it away, and there's a 40-yard punt return, and they still score. It's like every button he pressed was somehow the wrong button. There was some bad luck involved there. Yeah. But a lot of it, it, I, I always say it's like the slot machine, right? I would never play slots for the record. But if you do play <laughs> slots, you got to keep hitting the same slot machine. Eventually, mm-hmm. you're going to hit the jackpot. If you go put a quarter in every slot machine in, in the uh, casino, chances are you're not going to win. Right. Yeah, that's going to be tough then. Uh, Ryan, one that uh, a decision that really was head-scratching that I loved, and I'm happy that Gary Kubiak did this, but not putting Paxton Lynch in. And the week 17 game and just totally giving the middle finger to his uh, boss and friend, John Elway on the way out the door. Yeah. I really do think though, um, Vic not calling the timeouts was my number one, like yelling at the TV. What the F are you doing? Yep. Moment. Yep. I think so too. W- without a doubt. All right. Next one here from Windy city Bronco uh, to follow up on my comment from yesterday. I have a quick question. What would Belichick do at quarterback? I get that Fangio is committed to a competition. We aren't likely to see a decision made until after the Vikings game at the earliest. But is that a mistake? Overall, I like Fangio, but I don't get his personnel decisions sometimes. Last season, it was keeping Wilkinson at right tackle, injuring Locke in the process. So is this more of the same? Would Belichick be sitting on a QB competition, or would he pick a starter and get to work? Well, hasn't he already... We can just look at what Bill's doing right now. They could have had a quarterback competition, but didn't he say at the beginning that it was Cam? Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't think Bill would be afraid to be decisive. And I think Mac Jones, uh, from the little I've been seeing, has done well in, in training camp and maybe could be pushing Cam for his job right now. But he didn't even leave, leave that open. He didn't let that happen. So I do think that Belichick, just based on his actions, would probably want to decide this thing soon. With this quarterback competition, I don't really think any quarterback or any coach would have decided by now, but I do think there are coaches that will have decided in one week from now after that game next week. And one last question, Zach, that I saw on the live that I wanted to get to that we never did uh, is from our guy Super Bowl, and he said, is it safe to get a Sutton jersey? Now, if you're George Payton's son, it is. Um, That was the first jersey he got of the Broncos. Yeah. But no, it's not. Uh, I wouldn't get anyone's jersey that doesn't have a fresh, shiny contract. You wouldn't get Jerry Judy's? Well, he kind of does. I mean, he has four more years on his contract. And so same with Patrick Sertan? Or are you staying away from him because he's a rookie? Mm. Because we did have that rule. I know. I mean, he's like... I I, would get Sertan, though. I've never been more confident that someone wasn't going to be a bust than I am in Sertan. Um He's also got the two. Like, yeah, that's a cool beautiful. jersey. And with, he's, does it say Sertan the second on it, too? I don't know. I haven't seen the, uh, those jerseys. Because I think that's like why, it's got to be why he goes yeah. with number two. Yeah, I would think so. Um, or maybe it's just implied since it's the two. Right. He doesn't need the, <laughs> right, the uh, tallies. Right. Um, there we okay. go. Well, there like we go. It. Uh, so it does have the tallies. That's mm-hmm. sick. Uh, anyone, I love like hyphenated. Uh, junior yeah. or like the, the two on there. So that's a great one. Um, I would probably go Judy. I would go either one of those guys. You're fine. I'd go way, Sertan with the two. A, another drop for him today. So that's two in three days. Yep, exactly. Something to keep an eye on. And Bryce Callahan was in front of him. So made it maybe difficult for him to see, um, not giving excuses, just telling you what happened. There's even a chance Callahan got his hand on it or it was just a Judy drop. So two in three days, you don't like that, Ryan. Two in ten practices, you're okay with that. I will say, when someone's, like, about to tip it and then they don't, it's just as effective as if they tipped it. Yeah. Because you're preparing to react for the way the ball's going to move when it gets tipped, and then it just keeps coming straight at you. So I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. There we go. So one true drop, then, in ten practices. Yep. You don't want to see it. Um, You want to see him haul in everything, but it's natural. It is. He also had catches today as well. Right. Great. Uh, All right. I think that wraps it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. It's a short one, but it is Sunday. So give us a little break. Um, We are going to wrap up by giving one last shout out to our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver. Check them out. MSU Denver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer. 
They've got so much to offer, and they are the best place to go if you're looking to work a full-time job and get a new education so you can hopefully get a better full-time job in the future. Check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. We will be back on Tuesday. No pod tomorrow as the Broncos are off as well. Um, So enjoy this one, and uh, we'll talk to you guys when the Broncos are back on the field. Country.